Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> we do not at all. But that's why we hang out every week and sit down with some people who might have more figured out than we do. That's why we're here today. That is right. How are you, Kayla? How are you doing today? How are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how much I should trust my instinct and how much I shouldn't. And I'm kind of in my head right now, but I'm doing good because I'm here with you and Mel and I love our time together. And this is um, truly healing every time we hop on the mic together. I just love it. How about you? I'm doing okay. I'm good. We're recording this um, a little bit before, you know, today. (laughs) I don't know how to do the dates. We're recording this. Um, you know, late November, because so I'm still with child. I have not birthed child yet. Maybe by the time this episode is out. Um, so, you know, emotionally, I'm dandy. Physically, <laughs> I'm like an inf- I'm like a waterbed, basically. Like, that's probably how I could compare myself. Like, I'm but like a really beautiful waterbed. <laughs> Just like a very glowy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> malleable waterbed. Where, you know, you step on one foot and like all the water rushes to the other side, to the other foot. And yeah, so just, you know, living that that uh, late pregnancy life dream. But so you're in your head. What's going on, Kay? No, this is this is a safe place. What's going on? (laughs) Let's talk about feelings. I don't want to talk about feelings right now. (laughs) Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate because it's the holiday season and it's also the holiday season in 2020 and everything looks different. Everything feels different. So I'm sure you're not alone. I do love today's episode because we talk about intuition and trusting yourself. And I think, especially with the craziness of the holidays and whether you're with your family or whether you're not with your family and however you're feeling right now, trusting our gut and staying in tune with ourselves is always beneficial, no matter what we're going through. And this year has been unprecedented. So this holiday will be unprecedented and we're all in it together trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think that's that's good. That's the real stuff. And you know who else has the real stuff? Our guest today, Laura Day. 
Laura Day is a best-selling author. She has spent decades helping individuals, organizations, and companies use their innate intuitive abilities to create profound changes in their lives. Her work has helped demystify intuition and demonstrate its practical, verifiable uses in the fields of business, science, medicine, and personal growth. She has trained thousands of people to use their brains and perceptions in effective ways, including scientists, celebrities, business executives, and other professionals to realize their goals while creating supportive and inspiring communities. She's the best-selling author of six books, most notably The Circle and How to Rule the World from Your Couch. They're all about intuition and using what she believes is everyone's innate mental skill to tap into that elusive, and in her case, lucrative sixth sense. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Laura Day. And we are here with Laura Day. Laura, we are so honored to have you on. We've wanted to have you on for quite some time. And um, this is this is happening. Here we are. Um, now, can you tell our listeners what an intuitive is just to start from the beginning? Sure. You know, I, and thank you so much for having me on. I remember you from the Soho House meetup. <laughs> so intuition is a catch-all term for non-local perception. So it's the ability to see things that are not in front of you. For example, remote viewing, which has been uh, used a lot by the military, the ability to kind of put your attention at a distance by coordinates, for example, um, put your thoughts in dialogue with someone who's not present, who may not even consciously know you're dialoguing, the ability to move your attention in time and space and perceive the future or someone else's past, all non-local, locally being what's around you, non-locally being everywhere and anywhere else. And actually, there's a lot of research now that we can see what the human brain does. There's a lot of research that confirms that everybody, not just experts, everybody is intuitive. So one of my favorite tests is uh, a computer that generates an image randomly. And what they've seen from brain scans is that the brain reacts to the image that the computer will generate in the future. And these, once again, are not psychics. They're not trained. These are just everyday people. So our our minds and our psyches function not just in the here and now or in the past or in our worries about the future but but simultaneously we really are perceiving other people in the future affecting events having dialogues with the person who cut you off on the highway an hour ago that that they're really hearing on some level and 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 it's so important to make this practice evidence based because otherwise it becomes very kind of airy fairy and magical whereas there're really practical uh, practical applications to it we were trying to figure out before we sat down with you, what is by definition the difference between a psychic and intuitive? That was a question that kept coming up um, just for our listeners so they're able to differentiate. An intuitive is a psychic who doesn't wear purple and doesn't like crystal balls <laughs> and think you're going to have instant karma if you think a bad thought. And I, I'm being flippant here because there are many people who call themselves psychics who are actually really ethical practitioners. But I, I have, I use the word because people understand it, but I, I more frequently use the word intuitive because the way that I work and the way that I train people is in an evidence-based practice, not, you know, hold a crystal and take a breath and believe. But here's a way to put your attention for example, in the future. And here's a way to verify the data that you get, because I think life is hard enough 
just dealing with our everyday. And once you add to it that you need to meditate 20 minutes and not eat honey and not have sugar and not have a bad thought, you, you incapacitate this very simple survival function that can enrich your life, recreate your relationships, map out your future and resolve your past. And, and to do that, I just think is, is such a crime. And also to ascribe this simple human ability in a way where there's some masters and some people who aren't, you know, I think we've got to really get away from this, this last 50 years of expensive experts and go into how do we use these things in community? And yes, there are there are people who make the time to do it. You know, I can massage my own feet. I'd rather pay someone to do it. You know, yeah. the people, people who have pain, who are, you know, less hit and miss. And I'll explain in a moment why everyone's intuition can be hit and miss, that that you pay for their their time and their expertise. But this is also, and I do this on Instagram with big groups, this is also something you can use in community. You can post a question and with very simple instruction, people who don't know you can find the way for you and with you, both by reframing your past, by predicting the future, by looking at your relationships non-locally, uh, by by giving you, finding for you a voice that you didn't know you had, and it's really important to use these things in community. Um, and then, when you want to have an expert, to go to an expert knowing that you yourself are always the number one expert on your own life. It's so fascinating because something like this has intrigued us for so long. And you're right, it does feel really complicated at times. And I love the idea of it being able to be accomplished and be simplified, that we are the best version of our own intuition. How did you first know and get in touch with your own intuitive abilities? Well, I, um, you know, people who are naturally intuitive are always that way because of trauma and brain injury, because your brain is supposed to filter out those things. That's why most psychics, you know, the archetype for a psychic is, you know, someone who's living in a one room, five floor walk up that smells of cat piss on Oreo cookies and never goes out because... Being everything, being non-local actually doesn't help you achieve anything in the present, in your life. Um, so I had a very traumatic uh, childhood. I'm of four, of four siblings, two have suicided, uh, and my mother included, not a sibling. But, um, you know, I, I had a very traumatic childhood. And I also had a, a differently wired brain. I have pretty bad ADHD. And so the part of my brain that filters is damaged. Now, that's not really good for learning your multiplication tables, but it is really good for being able to sit on your couch and have someone say, you know, what's my cousin doing? And your attention goes there and you can describe it. So I had a brain that was naturally uh, wired that way, and then a traumatic childhood that also helped. And, and then a lot of psychotherapy. So I was not, as my son would say, batshit crazy. Um, and when I was 20, in my early 20, I think it was 2021, I'm, I'm 61 now, so long ago, I, I didn't realize, I didn't know what intuition was or what psychics were. Um, I went to a math and science high school. I was pretty, you know, I was pretty standard issue. Um, and I saw on television, because um, I watch all these science nerd channels, experiments that were being done on the extended capacities of the human mind. And all of a sudden I had this aha moment, like, oh wait, you mean everyone doesn't perceive the world the way I do? Because you know, at 20 you think everyone it sees the world the way you do. Right. So I, you know, with, with, the, with the gumption of a 20-year-old, I, I picked up the phone, I found the number, I called them up. Uh, you know, this is 1981, maybe, I, a long time ago. And I said, I can do what you're talking about. And I didn't even have a name for it. 
So I go in and the, the head of one of these programs is this professor and a medical doctor and um, and he's giving me this long-winded explanation about how the mind can travel into the future and blah, blah. And now I have an auditory processing disorder, goes along with ADHD, and I couldn't listen. I said, you know what? Just put a name in an envelope and seal it. So he put a name in an envelope, and, I, and this is all in the first book. He wrote this for Practical Intuition, and I held the envelope, and I saw two separate people, which was very confusing. And I, I described each of the people. Well, he put his first name in the envelope, which was the same first name as his best friend. And I described both people, what was going on medically with them, what they, you know, what was coming up in their life, what, what, what their marital status was like, and some other more personal things that I found very embarrassing because they were both men and I was a very young woman. And, um, <laughs> and from that, I became, you know, lab rat number one. They, you know, all these different uh, places wanted to run run trials on me. And because I was, you know, 20 and and so excited that these grownups were interested in me that I actually had a skill because up until then, it didn't look like I had many skills. Um, I was just, I was thrilled. Now, my one condition, however, because I knew, I knew weird when I saw it, um, my one condition was that it be anonymous, that my real name not be known, um, except within that, the circle of, 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 of research. And they filmed many of the experiments and they televised one without my permission. So I had this instant following. And mind you, I still really didn't have a name or, or, or a conception for what I was doing. And, and so people would come to me and say, well, uh, we're designing a, a new drug. Can you, can, can you tell us what will happen or what's wrong with it? And I said, well, I don't know. I'll try. Or I worked with a lot of French politicians, oddly enough. You know, <laughs> can you tell us what's wrong with our campaign and how to do it better and what will be discovered? And I, I don't know. I'll try. Can you tell us what's wrong with this technology? I don't know. I'll try. So basically, because I didn't have a pony in the race, and that's the problem with a lot of people who train, they they want to believe in something that doesn't require belief. It requires some practice and expertise, but I didn't have a pony in the race. So anything anyone threw at me, I tried. And I um, found after a while, because of course there were a lot of people who just wanted to know what their boyfriends were doing or mm. um, like, or wanted me to work with problems that really you know, as a 20-year-old, we're way above my pay grade. I could get the information, but I, 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 I didn't understand, you know, I, I, I was a kid. Um, so I really chose to work mostly with, uh, with business. I worked a lot with, with pharmaceuticals, with film, with technology, medicine, um, and, and to stay away from the more esoteric parts. You know, now that I'm older, I'm letting my freak flag f- fly and I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking more about the other ways that you can use these perceptions. Um, but I really stayed away from that uh, in, my, in my practice. Now my practice is I have a few large companies that I predict the future for that I've had for decades. And for the most part, the rest of it I give away. I do online in communities, on Instagram, on, you know, wherever people give me space to do it, because I I think that my contribution is simplifying this very powerful ability um, and and allowing people to use it with one another to become to become guides. I mean, we pay so many guides, you know, we pay spiritual teachers and we pay psychiatrists and we pay psychologists and we pay, we pay, we pay, we pay, we pay, and we give away our power instead of finding someone who's accurate for us. They don't have to be smart, they don't have to be deep just accurate. It's data. Mm. And then taking the responsibility of using that data with integrity to be able to create better lives. And so that's really what I do. And I train intuitives to work, whether it's in medicine or in business. You know, I train doctors to be more intuitive physicians. I train coaches to add that 
foresight, because prediction is one of the most powerful parts of intuition, to add that foresight to their practice so that they can provide a better service. But what I love the most are all of these people who've maybe just done one or two of my books or watched my YouTubes and go on my Instagram and do readings for each other and do healings for each other. So reading is mobile attention. It's your ability to put your attention in anybody at any point in time, in any place. Healing is focused intention. It's your ability to, to marshal the energy and to direct it at something physical and change that thing. And once again, I, I train evidence-based practices. So if, for example, there's something called intuitive dialogue, if, for example, you're using telepathy with somebody, a verification would be that that person out of the blue calls you and continues the conversation that you thought you were having in your head. The other upside about this, you can interrupt me anytime. I speak with <laughs> but I, Well, I, I, do, I did want to ask, my, my father is a doctor as well. And so I was interested in what kind of uh, doctor your father, uh, what medicine he practiced and what conversations with him were like, um, given that you would go on to work so closely with within the field of medicine and with a lot of physicians? So um, my grand, my great-grandfather actually, no, my grandfather actually, uh, no, my grandfather was a doctor. My great-grandfather's last words, and I love this, were take the scalpel. He was in his 80s doing surgery. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to be my dad, yeah. <laughs> my, my, um, my father was a nephrologist and then practiced general medicine when all the young people started doing dialysis in the office. Um, and he just retired a couple of years ago. He's 90. Um, and I had him swear on the PDR because he doesn't believe in God that he would never read any of my books past <laughs> the dedication. Um, on one hand, he, he finds it disturbing. Um, on the other hand, when he wanted to have five air conditioners installed in his New York City apartment and wanted to know the price, he called me and said, how much should I pay, knowing I have no idea? And I came up with a number, and that's what he stuck to. Or he'll call me up. Once again, we don't live with each other. We see each other once a week and say, where are my damn keys? And wouldn't question how I would know they were in his lab coat that he left in the guest bathroom. So, so I, I think he relies on it, but he doesn't want to know about it. Just like he really doesn't yeah. want to know how my son was made, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a great example. Yeah. But I also, um, I, um, I have, built a career. So when I started in psychic work, intuitive work, um, because I worked with a very mainstream community, uh, I really started from the perspective of, you know what, if I'm useful, great. If I'm not great, I don't need you to believe in this. Here's the data I'm picking up, prove or disprove it. And in doing so, you know, I was never one of those healers who told people they shouldn't do their chemo. Um, I, you know, I work with what someone's working with. I, I don't, um, I think that often in both healing and intuition, people assume a power and a knowledge that they really shouldn't. Um, yeah. I give data. Uh, if I see, I never do a medical reading except for a doctor for their patients. You know, I don't, pretend, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a pretend professional in fields where I should not be, um, right. but I'm really careful. And, and I, I work with as opposed to against uh, the mainstream community and always have, because in the 80s, that was a big deal. You know, now there's more acceptance. But in doing so, you know, it's, it's interesting. People really vilify uh, the medical profession. But... I really understand why there was so much resistance when there were people saying, oh, you're diabetic? Stop taking your insulin and believe or say this mantra. You know, that's how you become an amputee. You know, they're, they're, yeah. and, and instead, I would say, let me work with you. And by the way, could you check this person's level more regularly? And let's see. 
And they'd say, well, this is ridiculous, but okay. And then they'd see a change and then they'd actually make their cha- a change in the service that they were providing to their patients. And mm-hmm. I think that we are, it's so easy to work against and it's a little harder to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you work with, you can make real change. I'm so fascinated with all of this and how to, on a more basic level, become more in tune with uh, what, with ourselves. So one of the reasons that everybody isn't very clearly seeing their future, isn't very clearly hearing each other's thoughts, isn't very clearly viewing a location or evaluating an environment before they walk into it from a distance is because the mind's a messy place. I mean, you can barely hear your own thoughts a minute ago, let alone all of these other things. And and so the, the very first thing that people need to do is is take their most important goal out of their head and write it down. Um, For those of you who still know how to write, if not, (laughs) type it into your iPhone. Um, And also to really take your challenges, your concerns, and also write them out. Because part of the problem is it's like having all your papers messed up. You need a filing system. And once you have a filing system, what organically begins to happen, and and I wrote a book called The Circle, which is a natural filing system for engaging intuition and creating change. But what naturally begins to happen is you begin to notice, oh, this, these are feelings. This is based on my experience or what I know. This is out of left field, but seems to address the issue pretty accurately. And when I trace it over time, wow, this left field information that's come in is right. Then all of a sudden, you begin to be able to separate it out from the rest of the mess and to to use it. You know, intuition should be actionable. It should be accurate and it should be actionable. The people who have an intuition that they're going to die in a fiery crash, I guarantee you're not going to die in a fiery crash. That's not the way intuition works. Our psyche represses what we can't do anything about unless we're just anxiety imagining. You know, the imagination is our greatest friend for creating and our worst enemy. Intuition will only tell you something if there is something, an action you can take. Otherwise, the subconscious represses the information. So most people confuse feeling with intuition. Feeling is not intuition. Feeling is based on your history. It's your reactivity. It may be that your blood sugar is low. You know, feeling is not, is not accurate except about how you feel. Um, And actually, your historical information is often inaccurate also, because it's addressing circumstances that may appear the same in the present or future, but aren't. And you mean historical information like patterns repeating themselves or things that you've already experienced in your life? What do you mean by historical? Someone draws a knife, you know, uh, you're historical, you've grown up in a terrible neighborhood. Historically, that's a threat. Intuition says, oh, they're about to cut this piece of steak for me. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a terrible example. But, but I see, but, yeah. You know, um, uh, we tend to, what people think of as intuition when meeting a spouse is often just that feeling of home when you recognize your parents, in somebody else. That's historical Mm -hmm. information. And if your parents were not ideal, that is often big trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas intuitive information will say, hey, I know you're not feeling it, but give this person another look. Or even, you know, intuition tends to be precognitive. So intuition may, may say, oh, you're going to this party and you see this, you see wheat fields and you see a table with shrimp and you see a weird color blue tie and you walk in and all of a sudden 
at the shrimp table, at the seafood table, there's a guy with a blue tie looking so familiar. You talk to him and find out he's from Kansas. And all of a sudden, these pieces come together and give you a recognizable picture that you can confirm. Now, is everyone getting this information all the time? We're just choosing to suppress it? We're not choosing. We suppress it because we'd be psychotic and not psychic if we didn't filter all the information we get. We're getting it all the time. And actually, one of the first things that I do, especially in my free workshops where people you know, need, need something that works really quickly, they're usually taking it because they're in flux in their life, is, is I teach them how to cut off from the information. Because part of the reason we don't get the information about what we need to know about is that we're so flooded by intuitive information we don't need to know about. If you go into your head in the last hour, how many conversations have you had in your head that you probably should not be having, that aren't productive, that are maybe are even injurious? Many of those conversations are telepathic and they're actually happening. You may not be originating them, someone else may be. So just teaching people a methodology to make choices about those conversations, same way you make a choice about who you talk to on the street or at a party, making choices about those conversations allows their bandwidth to pick up the conversations that they want to be having, like with the person they haven't met yet, who's their life partner, with the person they haven't met yet or the company they haven't met yet, who can fund their project, you know, with the with the you know doctor who can help them with their anxiety or weight loss you know those those conversations you need to have space for so there're many many people are talking to us are inside of us where if you think of where you've been in the last hour, you haven't been in the room you're in, you've been partly there, but you've also been a lot of other places. And what you find when you document these things, and that's what I have people do in How to Rule the World from Your Couch. When you document these things, what you find is you're getting accurate information. You're not imagining that you're in a hotel lobby where your boyfriend is sitting. If you actually make a practice of calling and saying, wow, I loved the gold and brown brocade on those couches. And he goes, whoa, there was gold. I was just sitting on a couch with gold and brown. You know, then all of a sudden you see, okay, I'm not where I should be most of the time. And where should you be right now in you, in this moment and, and, allowing yourself to hear, metaphorically hear, the, the conversations that are helpful to you, that have the information that you need to make correct decisions in your life. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so <laughs> delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way, I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as 2 to 3 bottles of water. Right now 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code challenged and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code challenged right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code challenged. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. we're back. I know one conversation that uh, I think a lot of us have been having with ourselves this year is this idea of like staying positive, you know, finding the silver lining, baking the banana bread through the pandemic. And I know you have a lot to say about um, positive thinking and reframing it as a way in a way saying that we, it, instead it should be called empowered, realistic thinking. Can well, you expand on that a little? Yes, they're different. I mean, Positive thinking works on the premise that if you pretend the bullet isn't coming at you, it's not going to hit you, and I think that's a bad experiment to run. Negative thinking—you just see the bullet and you can't take an action because all you see is the doom. Empowered, realistic thinking is: "Ooh, a bullet's coming at me. I sure as hell better get out of the way." And it 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 allows you to not just engage intuition, but to engage. Intellect and experience and possibility in a way that you create change. I am a big believer in looking for what you can do in a given given situation. We spend way too much time trying to change the past, which you can't change, and way too much time worrying about the future, which you can only change right now.、Um, so, empowered, realistic thinking is being aware. Yeah, there are problems. And maybe I don't have all the skills to handle them, but I will get them. Let me start right now. What is the can do right now? And it's funny because in the beginning of the pandemic in March, people were really decomposing. And I have a very, you know, I have a large group. I have tens of thousands of people, and so I hear the decomposition. And the the people who said, okay. This is happening. This is not great. This is pretty terrifying.、Um, what are the opportunities here? Doesn't mean I'm pretending this is all good, but what are the opportunities here, and how can I make them work for me? A lot of new businesses were formed. People made job changes they wanted to change. They left marriages they wanted to leave. They found new relationships they wanted to have, and actually had the time. To get to know each other, because you, you 
you don't hop in bed until after you've had a COVID test if you're smart. You know, <laughs> it's made, it, it's really, um, it's really given a lot of people uh, an ability to, to shift. And now that we're many, many months in, you see all these new industries co- cropping up and this, you know, new ways of relating and real generosity and problems that we've mm-hmm. overlooked of, you know, disparity um, coming to the surface because we're not so busy, we can't see them. And all of a sudden, all these wonderful opportunities are happening. But, you know, I think that part of the, everyone said to me, did you predict the election? It's hard to predict things you know a lot about. And and one of the lessons of intuition is things come in from left field. So I did predict the election, and I'll tell you how. My son, many months ago, was asking me about the volatility market, um, the volatility index for investing. And I saw a market slump at a certain point, and I said, oh, people are going to be worried about all the new social programs. And then I thought, son of a gun, Biden wins. But often, intuition comes left field, not when you're looking for the answer, because that narrows your field of vision. But when you're saying, okay, I need, I need, I, I, I wish I had an answer to this. Let me deal with what's in front of me. And all of a sudden, that information comes through. But what you have to do is get used to noticing it. You know, knowing that something is a possibility allows you to be aware of it. There's a wonderful quote that I love, which is the good scientist suspends disbelief and runs the experiment anyway. Mm. I am so enthralled with this conversation because this is totally up my alley and I just love it and always want to learn more um, as much as I can about it. Um, so you have spoken and in the past about being able to subconsciously heal yourself while you sleep. And with all this 2020 talk right now, I think that's something that our listeners can really benefit from. Um, so I'm wondering, how, what does that look like and how can we... Um, dive into something like that because on paper it looks almost too good to be true too easy and by the way it it once again you can verify that it works so there's a difference between dream work and sleep work dream work which is not what i'm talking about is is noticing your dreams and learning to recall them and your dreams let you know what's going on in your subconscious what you're having challenges with which part of your history you're working through that's dream work it's separate sleep work is when you go to sleep and you ha- you have two things that are foci one is you have a goal so tonight as i sleep I want to work through this disagreement with a friend of mine, and I want uh, I, I want us to to have a, a a good understanding between us. Or as I sleep, I want to find and connect with a, the perfect job for me. It's different from dream work. Now, your your dream work may work through your inner issues around those things, but sleep work is when you give yourself a task and then when you're asleep and you're not using your intuition or your senses to assess your environment as a, as a mammal needing to survive, you can take action non-locally uh, and really negotiate with someone else who may or may not be asleep. Or you may be able to find what you need And then even if you don't recall the connection, the business connection you made, for example, you, what you'll, what you'll prime yourself to do is notice it in your waking life. It's one of the things, and this is, it it really is simple and you should not do this every night because it is actual work and sleep does have the purpose of downloading and refiling and integrating your, your experience. So you need to leave enough time. But once or twice a week, you can use sleep work and you know you're doing it too much if you're tired the next day or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can't shake your tiredness, then it's time to just do dream work and work through your psyche. Before you go to sleep, write down the task. This is what I'm doing tonight. Now, and, and then when you wake up, simply notice where your attention is. Don't worry about dreams. 
Who are you thinking of? Who do you feel like? What are you remembering? You know, what are you excited about? What are you dreading? Just kind of do what I call in practical intuition, a body check, a, a moment of mindfulness, but, but get it out of your messy self, write it down. Because what you will notice is that after a few nights of working on something, in your actual life, those things begin to happen. Those connections begin to reveal themselves. Um, now, you can do sleep work in a group, and I often do this on Facebook Live or Instagram Live, where a group of people commit to work for one another in their sleep. And one of the things that research has shown is that we actually communicate as a hive non-locally, that we, we, are, we are, in a sense, a unified psyche, um, which creates its own difficulties, but also creates opportunities. Uh, and so what we do is we, we have a group and we commit to work for one another. One of the reasons that's so powerful is you are the hardest person for you to read. I have been doing this for 40 years, and I am really good at what I do, but I am not good at reading myself because I know what I want. I know what I'm afraid of. I'm colored by my own experiences and feedback and biases and beliefs. So I use a methodology called the circle, which puts it on an automatic pilot. It's kind of a sophisticated way of using your intuition. But really, someone else can read me because they don't have my biases. They don't have, they're not avoiding what I'm afraid of. They're not, you know, telling me what I want to hear the way I would do for myself. Much better than I can read myself. And I can read someone else much better than they can read themselves. Same thing with healing. You protect your vulnerable spots. You know, if you overeat, and you are overweight because you're trying to fill a void, and there are many reasons why people have weight problems. I'm just using that as an example. You're not going, you, if you're protecting a pain far greater by filling that void, you are not going to be able to consciously address that void. However, someone else can shift those pieces for you because they're not trapped by your patterns. You know, your patterns hold you, hold you together. They're great, but they also keep you stuck. So what, what happens when you work in a group is you have other people who aren't going to avoid what you habitually avoid, who are working for you as you're working for them. And you, you make a commitment to do that. And I think we underestimate in life how powerful our contracts are. You know, the contract, if you look at the contract you had as a child with your parents, I'm going to be responsible and you're going to be, you're going to love me. And you're still doing that with your third husband. You know, <laughs> um, you know I'm not going to make trouble and you're going to be okay. And you're still doing that to your detriment. So, you know, everything is a contract and, and it's really interesting. I hate to sound like a psychic here, energetically, how important it is to, to allow contracts that get in your way to be conscious. And, and we'd explain that further. Sorry, I'm trying to follow, but sometimes I'm getting a little lost. So uh, allowing our contracts to be conscious. So, so, so for example, I had a suicidal mother. I have a contract that I live out that I have to be conscious of, which is I'm going to make sure you're okay. I'm going to give you everything and do everything for you. I'm going to put my perceptions on your well-being instead of my life, and you're going to stay alive. And, mm -hmm. and so I get into these relationships where I'm, I'm overgiving to keep somebody well, whether or not they need it, by the way. And it can be very disempowering to the person I'm, I'm doing it for. So being aware that that's a contract that I had in my childhood and that that contract tends to replay both in work and in relationships and in friendships and, and being able to then use my conscious awareness to say, oh, I'm doing this again. This mm. person does not need saving. This person mm. needs a, a tea party or a friend, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it takes discipline but it changes your life. And I, I remember I had a, this wonderful therapist who said to me, 
just entertain the possibility that not everyone is needy other than you. (laughs) And it started my being able to be conscious of this contract. And of course, I have many others, as we all do. And to say when I'm overgiving, to say, oh, wait a sec. I, what do I need right now? And to be able to find people in situations that give to me, which I have. I mean, I'm surrounded by generosity as a 61-year-old. That was not true of myself as a 35-year-old. I want to go back to the idea of the collective hive and working together to um, to essentially help someone else, um, which you said that you've seen a lot of lately in your groups, uh, especially at setting the intention um, at night while everyone's sleeping to kind of help someone with their problems. Well, you're helping, you're, you're really creating an exchange. So you are working on the problems of the people in your hive where you can competently address them, but you're not doing what consciously. What does it look like? Is it like essentially is it the idea of writing it down, pen to paper? Is it, okay, so you know, thinking it in your mind or just falling asleep, a sense of prayer or thought? Or... You know, let's do this right now. Okay, the three, the four of us. Okay, let's do this right now. Um, I, ha- You don't need to know what it is, but I have a goal that I'm working on that's really important to me. Do all of you have one? Yeah. Okay, and everybody listening, I want you to write down either right now, if you have pen and paper, um, my group always has a goal they're working on because that's how the circle works. Um, Or after you listen to this, I want you to write down a goal that you want us to help you with tonight out in the world, you know, finding the people, finding the resources, renegotiating, non-locally. We are going to commit to working on your goal. Anyone who hears this, we are asking your commitment to work on ours. Mm-hmm. And the you write down your goal because once again, the mind's a messy place. You have an infinite number of issues and goals. Some of them like little enough, like, uh, you know, get a new pedicure. Some of them huge, like have a healthy birth, um, uh, painless healthy birth. And you pick one because if not, you're scattered in a lot of directions and you can't see the verification and verification is important. So we all mm. pick one thing that we want everyone listening to work on and we, we, we give it to the group. And how do you give it to the group? Everyone perceives connection differently, but, but I, I am feeling in myself handing this over to all of you to work on. And however you experience that in yourself, hand that to every single person who will listen to this and accept theirs. And what happens in sleep is that without being consciously aware of it, through that contract, through that commitment, you actually do work for one another. And what happens, there's an element called embodiment in the circle. The way that you don't work on things that would be damaging to you is by when you have a goal, allowing, not creating in your mind, in your imagination, but allowing the experience of what that goal is when that goal happens. And that will be a very incomplete experience. And there'll be a lot of obstacles that come up that irritate you and you won't believe it and you'll worry about, but allowing, opening up in a sense, your receptors to allow that experience. And what that does is it creates um, a, a psychic screen and a psychological screen so that the people you work on are people, A, that you're competent to work with and whose goals have something that is also helpful or at the very least not damaging to you and vice versa. So the only psychic self-defense, I always tell my group, is you fill yourself with you and then you're defended because you have your bullshit meters up, your toxicity meters up when you're in you. We're just not in us enough. So we've Mm -hmm. all made that commitment. Notice over the next few weeks, out of left field, 
not just what comes up from your subconscious and what you're aware of, but the synchronicities, the interesting out of the blue, wow, my goal was a was my goal was to syndicate this show. I don't know if people syndicate it anymore, but syndicate the show. And all of a sudden, two separate places showed interest. That's proof. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, and, and I really encourage people once again, the minute you make something magical, you disempower it because you're saying, oh, I can't understand this. I can't, I, I don't know how the pieces work. You know how the pieces work. It may not all be some cognitive perception. You know how the pieces work. And the important thing to do is to, is to follow your intuition in using them. So some of you may not write down your goal. Some people are artists. I, I can draw a cat face and a marigold and that's my repertoire. But some people <laughs> like to you know, draw a, 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 a picture of this new reality is what we call it, you know, your wish as if it had happened. Some people, some people you know, it, it can make it tangible in another way, can pluck it out of the mess of their inner being in another way. But when you do that and when you create a contract with other people to safely work for one another's well-being, underline safely work. Martyrs are not healthy people. They need good psych meds and good therapy. Safely work for each other's well-being. It is incredible what happens. And that's what we do on Instagram and that's what we do on, on Facebook. We, we, we commit to a goal. We do it together. And people have amazing results. Yes, when people go to your Instagram and your Facebook, (laughs) just to clarify. But people can also, you know, it's a wonderful thing in a, if you have a, I mean, we're not in the office anymore, but even with your family, I mean, one of the ways to be not hokey that I do this with my family and anyone who happens to be at my house is we say, okay, well, um, what are you hoping for today? You know, just like, how can I make, we used to say at our breakfast table, uh, what can I do to make this day better for you? And, and you join, you know, you don't, I, I, I train professionals who use something that, that the mainstream still considers somewhat weird in very, you know, in publicly traded big companies, they, they're not using parapsychological language. They're not using new age language, but they're saying, okay, uh, you know, company of, you know, 8,000 people, what, what's our goal? How can we facilitate each other? Let's do it. You know, really targeting uh, a, a result and then committing to join to do that together. And, um, you know, I think that, that we always have choices on how to work together. Often people choose to work against, but when you work with, even though it requires more negotiation, it is a lot more effective. So it's really a learning to work with, work with yourself and the many parts of self. I have an exercise in one of my books that I wanted to call Sybil, which was a book about someone with multiple personality disorder. But we all have, you know, think of who you are with your father, who you are with your boyfriend, and who you are with your son. They're three completely different people. And if they're not, you got a problem. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, 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 really, it really is learning to work with yourself, learning to work with your chosen community, because often we have default communities which aren't good for us, your chosen community, and learning to work with the greater world that holds the resources for what you want to create. And I love the idea that we can do this on a smaller level, the four of us here on our podcast and anyone else who's listening, but then you can also do it um, with a business of 8,000 people. And it is truly works in so many different ways. Um, if our listeners want to join one of your Facebook lives your Instagram lives or contact you, um, where can they find you on social media? Laura Day Intuit on Instagram, 
Laura Day Circle on Facebook. But if you go to Laura Day, L-A-U-R-A-D-A-Y.com, it's, it's all there. And when it says email Laura, I'm the only one who reads my emails because people email me the most private things and I can't have an assistant read them. So I always ask people to make them short. I don't see private clients. I, I just work with the same companies I've worked with for years, but I do a lot of free reading in my in my lives, and I can refer to people that I've trained who've really taken the time to train and to prove their accuracy and to prove their you know that they're ethical practitioners. And I want to talk for a second what about what that is. Um, but I can, you know, refer refer people to that. And also I do a lot of free workshops just about how to develop your intuition. And I've written six books on the subject. I, I do want to say for people who go to intuitives and who go to healers, if you go to somebody, whether it's your doctor, an intuitive healer, your rabbi, your priest, or your best friend, and they don't, you don't leave feeling empowered, you leave th- feeling they're great, but that you're somehow not capable to manage your own life, that they are not the right person for you. They, because you are capable. And listen, we all have pond slime moments. I work in the self help community where we're all supposed to be perfect. And mm-hmm. I, I begin my day with self-help people panicked asking me questions or me panicked asking them questions. We all have our vulnerabilities. We all have been at the bottom of the barrel. You know, that life, life is cyclical. And if it's not, then you're playing it so safe you're in a cage. And so it's really important to not judge yourself on your loneliness, not judge yourself on your weight problem, not judge yourself on the stupid thing you said, you know, not judge yourself on your economics. You know, every moment is a moment of potential change. And the only way you make change is through your own power. So it's just so important to take everything with, you know, leave your, suspend disbelief, and yet take everything with a little bit of skepticism, realizing that you ultimately have the power to make those changes. Hmm. This was an episode I really needed today. So thank you for joining us, Laura. I, um, I know we are so excited to share this with our listeners and, um, Listeners, anyone, you can find her. You know where to find her. We'll have all the links in our show notes. And um, Laura, thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you. This was really, this was lovely. Are you feeling better, Kayla? I am feeling better. I feel like Laura, I mean, I have to tell you, there were moments during our interview with Laura where my body felt tingly. I felt in the zone. I was really taken in what she was giving. And I know what I'm going to write down tonight and uh, use in my sleep. Do you have something you're writing down? I do. Okay. I know I know what I'm going to write down. Yes. And, I, and what's interesting, the one question I'm bummed out that I didn't get to ask her is, is uh, something that comes up a lot when we, you know, on this podcast, when we sat down with people, is the idea of putting pencil to paper and how simple that act is and how easy it is to forget. Mm-hmm. And, and, wh- and also just like why that seems to work so much better than typing things out or, or just processing them mentally or emotionally. But the fact that people, when you put pencil or pen to paper, that there is something different about that, the physical, you know, act of that or the repetition of that or how that solidifies and manifests a way into something more concrete. So I, but, but I'm very excited to put pencil to paper tonight and write down my intention. I love how she included our listeners in on this as well. So you guys write it down. Let's all make this happen. And I don't know, maybe we'll see each other in our dreams. I'm a believer in this. I know it sounds cheesy. I know some people don't believe in this stuff, but I totally do. I don't think it's cheesy at all. I love it. I love the, the hive, you know, perspective of putting intentions out there and, and, you know, joining a sense of, Community. Uh, community yeah community which is i think you know been a theme of of this past year you know right. everyone recognizing that you know we need each other and mm. so so i'm very excited to try this out and i'm very excited that laura had the time to sit down with us today and so all of her books and any references and if you guys want to reach out to laura yourselves will all be in our show notes we hope you enjoyed this episode of directionally challenged we have another great one coming next week 
Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com